0: There we go. Recording. Yes, there we go. Great. Take two on the second episode of the season. All right. Which means uh, sh- we're ready to. Sh- we're
1: ready to kick off with uh, our own theme song?
0: Yeah.
2: So hit that theme.
1: When these dads meet world, watching boy meets world. We grew up on the show. Now we have kids and host a podcast. We watch each episode and then share our thoughts and grades. When these dads meet,
0: world, they want you to take the roles.
1: That's right. Have all the roles, everybody, because they want you to have them, and we do too. Welcome back to Dad's Meet World, your weekly deep dive into Boy Meets World and its 1990s view of. Uh, yeah, it only
0: works if my phone's not on silent. <laughs> Dang, I thought maybe it would be on. Uh, it might be on a ring. Way to be a professional, Brett. Good job. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I keep it. I keep it on silent when I'm recording. So <laughs> good-looking people. Dang. Oh, I was that really was...
0: hoping for a nice, quick joke at the beginning, and it ruined it. <laughs> wow. Yes, womp.
1: good. Oh, good-looking people. There was a fun, fun opportunity for a joke in there. See, this week us dads are looking at. Uh, by the way, Dad number one this week, Brett, and uh,
0: Dad number two is uh, Dad number two is Tyler. See, yeah, uh, let's get into this, Brett. Th-
1: <laughs> yeah, this this episode is uh, uh, brings a lot of fun stuff to the fore, and this episode has a lot of, uh, uh, of buried jokes for us. And, uh, I mean, this is a 30-year-old show, so we're not really spoiling anything for you here, but Eric Matthews' theme song that he comes up with is the ringtone that Tyler has on my phone when he calls. And so, Tyler, if you do want to call me, I did leave, uh, I did turn my ringer back on. So anytime Tyler. Oh, that calls we got it I can immediately identify the call. Yes, yeah, see. Tyler
2: Vaughn.
0: Book him good looking. <laughs> So
1: yes, uh, this this episode has carried many. It, this is one of the ones that I've seen. Uh, you know, it probably won't ever make my top ten list of best episodes, but it's definitely one I've seen more than a lot of them, just because it was that bonus episode on season one uh, when the mm-hmm. DVD list DVD series came out.
0: Well- I was going to say, I think you should explain about the for those that don't know about the box, the box set that came out, that it was just the first season for the longest time. and They did not release the other two for
1: Buena Vista put out season one. And it was kind of a before this was back before shows were releasing as they uh, as they ended and they released by the end of the summer, their season on disc. Um, before we got into the digital age. But Buena Vista put out this box set of this show that had been off the air for 15, 20 years. And it wasn't as profitable as they were expecting it to be, so they kind of shelved their plans to release successive seasons. So we had for the longest time just this season one with this bonus episode of season four here today goon tomorrow which was a fairly popular episode and uh they threw it on there with some bonus commentary it's just kind of a a special feature and so for the longest time that's all we had on disc that's all we had that wasn't just reruns on disney channel or mtv2 or whatever else it was on but i i ripped the audio from that and i stuck it on my phone and this is what, four phones now at least that it's been your ringtone. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that was, it was like very early on of us knowing each other in 2007, 2008. So it's been there for a long it, time. It's
1: been there for a long time. So yes, I underestimate four phones. This is well, at least four iPhones it has been there.
0: Yeah. Well, I think even after you did it, kelly didn't fully realize she's like what is that song that's playing every time tyler calls (laughs) like it's from boy meets world she goes no that's not yeah
1: yeah i had to point it out in the episode (sighs) So, (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so i this is okay to me this is an episode that's similar to uh in friends with the embryos where the B plot is way more important than the A plot and (laughs) you could easily call this one uh, good looking guy and it would be just as good like if you said Eric is the main character of this episode I would believe you because I honestly I I hate to say this but this is one of the episodes where I like kind of fast forward through Corey's stuff because I just don't care as much about what Corey's (laughs) going through I just don't Mm-hmm. I don't relate to it. I. It doesn't matter. I get it's a huge moment for Topanga, but I more care about Eric's struggles on the couch as a mm-hmm. townie. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I do yeah. too. And, and and we'll dive so, into that. Uh, but first, exactly. just, just briefly, how are you doing, Tyler? What's new?
0: <laughs> oh, boy. What is new? Well... Okay, let's just take this moment, Brett, because I got two rants I want to get to, and you can put this anywhere in the episode, but All right. I got to get these two things off my chest. If I don't get them off my chest, I'm going to go crazy. All right. So the first one is, I guess this is the quicker, simplest one. And um, that is my wife, my, the wife and I decided to show our oldest son, the Pirates of the Caribbean series. We showed him the trilogy. Mm-hmm. It took us time. We took them almost episodically in a way, like... We, we would, you know, show them little bits as we could. We finally finished the third one today. And I'm saying to Sarah the whole time, gosh, Davy Jones's CGI is good. Like, if mm-hmm. I didn't know it was CGI, I I would be like, gosh, this is amazing. Like, how did they do this? Because it is spectacular. I started the fifth one because I haven't seen the fifth one, I was like, I am just going to put the fifth one on, you know, see. And oh my gosh, I cannot believe that two movies that are separated by almost a decade are completely backwards in the sense that the CGI from the third movie, like we watched the, the, all three of them, and the, the CGI on all three of them are just stellar. And the CGI on this latest one, know, like, still, it's a few years old, but it's so bad. Like it is not good. Like Mm -hmm. it looks terrible. And I'm like, how is it possible that CGI quality has gone down over the years, even though more people should be proficient in it and it should look better. And, and studios should know better how to use it and directors and cinematographers, all these people should have a much better understanding than when it was being done in the early 2000s mid 2000s like how is that possible like blackbeard is a blackbeard uh davy jones sorry is a full-blown character and you see past the cgi to just this tentacle character and i'm looking at in the i didn't get barely into the fifth one and just this main bad guy as he appears i'm like he has nothing besides darkness around him like what is this character it's nothing it's just is and i'm like how is it possible that there's things more believable from <laughs> before 2010 than after 2020 actually this movie came out before 2020 but still still yeah still brett still
1: so. <laughs> yeah yeah i agree it's there there are definite
0: places in movies where it's taken a huge step backwards yeah i mean i i know like art There, there's there's more artistic choices made now with cgi mm-hmm. and i get that like the flash is one that it takes you a minute to get to, into it but once oh, you're yeah. finally into it you're like okay this is the style of this movie mm-hmm. and you either have to embrace it or you don't embrace it um But it's just – I can't believe it, you know? The second one is the Travis Kelsey yelling at his coach, Andy Reid, during the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. which, again, the Chiefs won. I have way more thoughts about that than I have time for right now, but (laughs) this whole – swifty's coming out saying oh my gosh travis kelsey what if he's abusive towards taylor now what if he yells at taylor like this and i'm like there's no reason on earth that travis kelsey will ever be fired up enough to get in front of the woman he loves and yell at her it's just not gonna happen (laughs) you know but to a co-worker to your boss who they made a call that directly impacted stuff and you know, you're know you upset and you're fired up. Yeah, I get that, losing your control in the heat of a moment. I get that. Emotions run crazy when you're doing a sport like football. It just does. One time, Brett, I kid you not, I was on the sidelines my senior year and they decided to have me split time with a guy and our team was just not doing well. We were not moving the ball. We couldn't get things going. And I'm just sitting on the sidelines crying because I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help my team. I don't know how to make this better. Like You can't always control your emotions when you're in the heat of a game like this. You just can't. And I've seen mm-hmm. girls do it. I've seen grown women do it. Grown men do it. I've seen it at all ages of people getting upset and all sorts of fired up during sports. It's just part of sports. It's not part of real life. So you I don't think see this women would just need who are,
1: to worry. Uh, you want to see women not controlling their emotions well during a sporting match? Go watch a rugby match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i've seen the same i've seen the same attacks hurled the same thoughts floating around kelsey's a a walking red flag and yeah i i'm not a fan of him getting up in reed's face and and shouting right in his face right there i mean that's that's not a good look
0: but oh it doesn't necessarily mean i did the wrong thing
1: yeah it doesn't necessarily mean that, that i mean i've watched a lot of football and because they're they're good. I've watched a lot of cheese football. That's the first time I can remember him ever doing that.
3: I've yeah. seen him
1: throw his helmet. I've seen him yeah. mock a ref by throwing his towel and getting getting <laughs> kicked out of a game for it. But that's the first time I have seen yeah. him do something like that to his coach or yeah. another
0: player. So I mean, yeah, I, I
1: think I, I think that's a bit overboard.
0: Yeah. No, I've seen female soccer players like do dirty hits and dirty plays (laughs) that are worse than anything i've seen men do before so no Mm uh i'm i don't think we have to worry about t swift and her safety so um but on a much more personal note brett and this is probably the part that you should have in here (laughs) outside (laughs) of my the rants i needed to get off my chest But uh, we had a father, not father, uh, we had a mother-son dance last night that uh, Sarah and Grayson got to go to, and they got all dressed up Mm -hmm. all cute, and I went and helped decorate and uh, was a chaperone-type person. Um, So it was all sorts of fun, and um, just a bunch of boys going around dancing with their moms or playing tag with each other and just hanging out as boys. But it was a really cute night, so that was enjoyable, and today we... Decided to officially get rid of the playpen, and now Henry has access to the whole living room, which is terrifying. But you know, (laughs) babies start to grow up, and you have to give them space to roam around. So Mm that's what we're doing. I don't like it. (laughs) So, what is new in your neck of the woods besides uh, your oldest child now working? Ah,
1: yes, oldest child is uh, finished up three shifts now at chick-fil-a so we're uh we got a kid in the working world and uh since she doesn't drive we are transporting her Mm -hmm. we've got uh middle child who is uh into legos a big uh, big big on legos so he made a purchase through ebay this nice so that was a big step for him and our youngest is still in karate so that was uh nice he's he's really taken to it that was fun uh recording on a saturday night and saturday mornings is karate day so that was uh it's always good to get out on saturday mornings and see him as the as the weeks as the weeks progress he's getting more and more into it he's got a lot of good natural good natural talent for it and good it's really really getting getting into the discipline for him so it's uh you know kids are all healthy family's all healthy it's it's just been a good solid relatively quiet week at home nothing big outstanding nothing negative it's just been a good week <laughs> nice yeah
0: so what's the return our get eyes get to this episode
1: I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah, Let's look at episode two of season four, which by the way, I don't think I noticed. I, I mentioned last week, my favorite theme song of all eight seasons of our, yeah, of Boy Meets World, all seven seasons of Boy Meets World. After Corey expresses his insecurity about his hair, Topanga cuts off six inches of her own hair in an attempt to show him how meaningless outward appearance is compared to inner beauty However, she soon realizes that even she can be self conscious when she becomes horrified after seeing her new do and decides to get a makeover. Meanwhile, Eric refuses to look for a job and instead lazily stays home watching daytime TV. But what will he do when he gets a glimpse of the real world? This episode was written by Suzanne Estelle Jensen or Jansen. This is eighth of her nine episodes that she'll have written through the series. Directed by Jeff McCracken. Originally aired September 27th, 1996, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 8.2. Uh, we bad. actually picked up a little bit in the Nielsen views. Uh, last week, Premiere had 13.1 million. This week, we had 13.2 million viewers. Wow. So, <laughs> <laughs> not a lot, but it's a small
2: climb. <laughs> <sighs>
0: we're into and season here four here about we're these monster se- numbers today about two million people sh- watching Gosh, uh, we're into season 90s. four
1: on a seven season series where we got to start to expect some drop-off here <laughs> uh yeah. the good stuff so let's dive into eric's spanish baseball dream
0: when you said Ken Griffey Jr. I'm like, why did you say that earlier? I was like, oh, yeah, that's how he starts. The oh, episode. yeah.
1: Eric's just he's talking his sleep. It's all Spanish. And all you can understand is Ken Griffey Jr. He's announcing baseball in his sleep. Uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, Jenny McCarthy's getting needy and he's glad to not be having that dream. <laughs> he tells Corey that when you're hit a certain age, you're afraid to go to sleep at night. And Corey responds with, when you hit a certain age, you're afraid to wake up. And he's avoiding the mirror again because he's at that gawky, awkward, hate-what-you-look-like phase, which Eric assures him every teenager goes through. Except for Eric. <laughs> of course. Of course. And Morgan uh, chimes in while they're at the sink in the bathroom. They share a bathroom with a Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato, which... <laughs> Lovely visual gag, uh, it really is. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if they had to pay for the rights to use Mr. Potato, and if so, by how much? You gotta think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they had to, too. but I'm curious by how much, because they they never they never reference him by name, but they do no, say they "potato." No, I mean it's well, very clear what. Very clear what they're using, but they never reference him by name. There's no branding. (laughs) I am a potato. (laughs) The child speaks truth. I am potato. And uh, we're pretty quick to transition into the school where everyone is at their locker. They've all got mirrors. They're all primping. Uh, Except for Corey. He's got a picture of Mr. Potato Head kind of arms all posed with a corncob pipe in his mouth. So while everyone else is primping and getting ready for the day, Corey is just trying to look like Mr. Potato Head.
0: And of course... (laughs) Everyone has a mirror uh, in their locker. Like, everyone does.
1: Everyone. Yeah. Definitely a TV look at the
0: world, but uh, at least in that row of lockers. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm now reflecting back there were a handful of people that would have a mirror, but not like a big giant mirror. <laughs> like they just go to the bathroom and, and check their hair there. we like, it was never that intense.
1: And I think we that can plug around. I think we can plug this information in here now. Cause you and I were talking a little off mic, this being 30 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm adolescents today are not they do not seem to be as invested to outward appearance as part of their self-worth as part of their identity as they were 30 years ago as as part of their mm-hmm. uh where their core is they they the the thrust where they put their weight seems to be more into things like uh where they can put labels where they can put um their groupings, uh, where they plug mm-hmm. in, you know. I mean, my fourteen-year-old will roll out of bed and go to school in in a knit cap and pajamas. He doesn't care, and yep. most of his friend group doesn't. I mean it's it's just it's just not the same as it was thirty years ago. And so, this generational step there there is a disconnect between this main storyline, for the most part. And so a lot of what we'll talk yep. about is not necessarily ring true for today's teenagers.
0: Yeah. Well, I'd love to get more of a perspective on that too, from either a teenager or people who are around teenagers or other mm-hmm. people who are from that time as of what they've noticed about this new generation. And I mean, I know from my perspective, we, it, it, the millennial generation it was less concerned about looks and appearance than the generation before them, Gen Z, but also on the same token, we are more concerned with our appearance than this new generation that's behind us. So it's mm. really interesting just in that dichotomy, you know, of like, I know for my generation, our more focus was, well, we want to be comfortable. So like, we'll do what we're supposed to, but like the more comfortable version of that <laughs> and this generation is just like, I want to sleep and go to work and or school all looking the same way, no matter what.
1: My goal is to only have to change my clothes when they start to get stiff or smell.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But we'd love to hear more perspective out there of, uh, people, uh, who have noticed things about these different generations. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone around Corey is obsessed with their hair and making sure it's perfect and prim. And uh, it yeah. doesn't help that one of his best friends has good-looking hair.
1: Oh, yes. Even when Corey messes up Sean's hair, it's even better. And when Corey tries to uh-huh. mess his own hair up, Sean's worried he's going to cut himself on it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, But Corey is just He feels like he's surrounded by people with perfect hair And Topanga saddles up to him and You know there's no reason to question About this relationship Um, Corey's uh, Credit to Corey he admits to Topanga He's just feeling insecure about himself We get to meet Dylan Who's trying to pick Topanga up Dylan who is played by Will Estes This is the third of Three times we'll see Will Estes here on Boy Meets World So the last time we'll see him Uh, We last saw him as playing Alex in both the turnaround dance or the turnaround and in career day in season two. 58 credits on his resume, Baywatch, Harry and the Hendersons, step by step, step by
0: step, day by day, day by day. Oh, gosh! real quick. Hold on hold on before you keep going i want you to know we introduced step by step to grayson and he was so mad in the pilot because the parents were lying that he went i don't want to watch this show they lied to their kids i went i know honey but they kind of all work out and they all you know come together no they lied to their kids (laughs) <laughs> moral center. All right. Oh my gosh! So much moral, so much justice. But anyway, hey, black continue. and white. <laughs> Secret role of Alex
1: Mack, Law and Order SVU, but best known for his role on Blue Bloods as one of the uh, the, the clan there. Uh, ah. Topanga turns, and shoots him down. Uh, yeah, he's the uh, the the son that uh, sticks with being the patrolman, not not going into detective work. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so Dylan leaves his business card. Yes. Which Ooh. I always find funny. It's amusing. Uh, yes. Topanga tries you to know, convince all Corey that... that his cards. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, credit to Topanga. She's trying to convince Corey that even though that all guys are trying to pick her up because of the outer appearance, Corey sees her for what's inside, and the only reason he thinks she's good-looking is that He cares about her. And, uh, yeah, Corey and Sean have their kind of moment where they're, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But Topanga's going to try to convince Corey that it's really not, it doesn't matter what's on the outside. So she takes out a pair of scissors. She decides to hack off a handful of hair and hands it to Corey, who will hold this hair for the next five minutes of screen time. (laughs) And Ben will do some amusing stuff with it if you watch him in the
2: background. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and uh, I do know enough of listening to their podcast uh, from months, months, months ago. Actually, probably was from last year, so a year ago. More than that, probably. I can't remember. They launched around the same time as we did. But they talked about this early on, uh, and she said, that was my hair. I cut my hair and mm-hmm. we talked multiple times about this length, not this length. No, go this length, not this length. And apparently Michael Jason being like, show me, show me where you're going to cut. Show me the exact spot you're going to cut. Cause they were worried. <laughs> she's going to go too short. And oh my gosh. So yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> yep. savage.
1: But yeah, she, she hacks off some more. Corey is just, dumbfounded and she walks past sees the mirror and she's gonna scream now and Uh, she screams and we're out of the teaser and into act one that's quite a long teaser it is it is it's it's almost an entire act in and it really is it's it's the first of three acts i mean it's it's too long Mm -hmm. to be a teaser it's it's not a cold open it really is the first it's just a three act but so we come back. Topanga is trying to convince herself she's still herself. No one's going to notice until Mister Feeney comes in and, "What the heck happened to you?" <laughs> uh, and he tries to. Uh, he tries. he' is on a
0: whole other level this season.
1: He really is. Um, Topanga explains what that she was that she cut her hair in an attempt to to show Corey who holds up the hair to Mr. Feeney an attempt to show him that outer outer beauty is just, you know, it's secondary to what's inside. And Mr. Feeney is just, he's, he's giving this explanation that he's proud of her, but there's this smile towards the end that flashes across his face. And it just, it seems to trigger Topanga's
2: you think I'm ugly too.
0: Says, well, in that case, Miss Lawrence, I applaud your attempt at teaching a very valuable lesson during these extremely vulnerable teenage years. You think I'm ugly? It's, it's just
1: that smile at the end. I don't know if that was an acting choice on William Daniels' part or if that was scripted, but that smile at the end just kind of it just kind of sells it. it yeah. You know.
0: Well, this is the first real scene of the, of them together, of him seeing them as more adults now. Like, they are mm-hmm. really hitting their stride as uh, more older, able to handle more mature subjects. And so I mm-hmm. think he's seeing them more as equals, you know, I because one of the things that we do know is that William Daniels treated them as equals the whole time. And I feel like now they are actual equals in these scenes mm-hmm. they can really hold their own so and there's always a chance that just Feeney just William Daniels probably could have had a moment of just seeing maybe <laughs> playing with the hair knowing it's her actual hair and just <laughs> kind of like uh, the absurdity yeah. of this scene of how serious it was and yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah just so much goodness in this whole thing yeah. nice going Feeney <laughs>
1: Yes. And so we're going to transition to the girl's bathroom. Corey's going to come in and boy here hiding his eyes. You might want to scatter. You might want to scream. No one's face. It's Corey. Everyone knows Corey's a good boy. He's a nice boy. He's we're four years in. He's never been able to shake this, this idea that he's a nice boy. Even those he's three safe. or four episodes where, where, yeah, he's, what What was the expression? Totally parentally acceptable. PA. Uh uh-huh. Even well, those a few, few episodes, episodes where he was painted <laughs> as the bad boy.
0: I, I do love in a few episodes, there's that guy who's like, yeah, we're all dangerous, kid. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so the girl, other
1: girls oh. leave. Corey's trying to talk to Topanga and um, he's still holding the hair <laughs> he's not mm-hmm. sure what to do with it um yeah. but topanga she confesses she thought she was comfortable with her appearance but now she's shaken and she kind of sees herself as being shallow because of that mm-hmm. and he tries to raise her spirits in all of this and you know remind her that you know yes or how long to take the you grow the to grow your hair this long but What'd she say? About seven years or so. Well, that's mm-hmm. perfect. Take, you know, I'll let my hair out. I'll be through my goosey goosey stage, and uh, you know, we'll we'll be perfect together. Um, mm-hmm. So she's gonna go make an appointment with the beauty parlor, get everything evened out. Everything's gonna be fine. And then Sean, after Topanga leaves, Sean emerges from a, a bathroom stall, which. I have to wonder what's Sean doing, why not? hanging out in the girls' bathroom stall. <laughs> Other when than is the scene Sean required, in the girl stall. <laughs> yeah, real world question: Why are you there? I don't know, but uh, yeah, Sean's there. I think it's best we don't ask those questions, Brett. Yeah, yeah, it's it's for the best. But uh, Sean and uh, and Corey are gonna hang out and sit on the couch because the couch is there. I never had a couch in in my bathroom.
0: (laughs) No. uh, I was going to say, I feel like that's a question we should have asked the ladies, but I know that anytime I've been curious and I've had to peek into or go into a girl's restroom when no one else is there, I have seen a couch or two, but it's not very common Mm -hmm. everywhere. So yeah, I've I've seen it a
1: few times, but yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. no, Hold on, before we keep moving forward For the record, never went in When a, a, a girl or woman Is <laughs> there I've had jobs, so I was required to go in That's what I'm saying When no one else is there in case this is one of those things That gets clipped TikTok <laughs> Want to make sure That I'm very clear That I'm not a pervert
1: <laughs> <laughs> That part's going to be clipped Just because
0: <laughs> You're welcome
1: Oh yes. So now we're now we get
0: to the real story of the episode.
1: (laughs) We are in the Matthews living room where Eric is eating cocoa pus from this comically large bowl in his bathrobe on the couch. And he's just looking at the TV saying, You solve that crime, you fat fat man. (laughs) And Amy comes in and weren't you gonna look for a job? Eric's going to become a detective. He's been watching these guys on TV. They're, you know, he's seen all different kinds of guys solving crime. And you know what they don't have? They don't have a good looking guy. So he's going to be Eric Matthews, good looking detective. And we get this clip that introduces the theme
3: song. Check it out. I already thought of a theme song. When a crime breaks out, all the cute girls shout, get the good-looking guy when there's a crime out there he's gonna comb his hair cuz he's the good-looking guy Booking good Looking
2: good-looking honey I'm scared for you you have got to get out of this house
3: what to do what I mean mom let's say I do find one of these so-called jobs I mean with nothing better than a high school diploma the best I can ask for is minimum wage and what they take out for taxes honestly I think I could do better solving crimes
2: when a crime breaks uh, out <laughs> oh, okay. yes.
0: how long do you think he's been sitting on that couch watching detective shows that's the real question oh
1: at least four hours from just those descriptions alone so probably more than that we're talking six hours i'll bet
0: <laughs> well i mean like i was thinking like maybe like he's Getting to the end of like the first week of like being back, and his parents like, well, we'll give him a few days to, you know, go find a job and everything. So I think we're, I, sorry, I guess I, I phrased the question wrong, but I'm thinking we're at, like a week of like him being back, you know, first week of school, uh, week being back of from the trip, and he's mm. not moved off the couch. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'd say that's probably a fair – we're either at the end of the first week or the beginning of the second week, I'd say. Yeah, that's
0: also fair too. Yeah. <sighs>
1: but either way, Eric so, is not moving from that couch. He is doing nothing. He has become a townie as because Amy goes on to tell you, you used to date. You love dating. You know, all the girls went off to college. What about a girl from here in town? A townie? Sitting yeah, on uh, their on their couches and their bathrobes, eating their bonbons. <laughs> this is cocoa puffs,
0: <laughs> and I'm different. a detective. <laughs> yeah, just this uh, this this derogatory term of a townie. Like, someone who stays in town doesn't go off to college. Ew, what's wrong with them? Like, I I don't understand that. And maybe mm-hmm. it's just in the 90s. Like, I, I know for a fact, and Feeney is one of those beings that say, go to college, go to college, go to college. And, you know, as you progress into the 2000s, especially after the recession, there's less talk of, You have to go to college. It's encouraged, but if you do something else, that's okay. Um, But nowadays, especially this new generation that we were talking about before, um, they aren't choosing to go to college as much. And there's a lot more of them are choosing to either go to a trade school or uh, go into the workforce right away or go to the military. So it's not as as cut and dry as much as it was in the 90s of you had to go to college. Mm So, yeah, yeah, but (laughs) But Eric is off his rocker. And this one of the things I love so much about this and Amy has had it like over his shenanigans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's done. (laughs) Go to Cocoa Puffs. You know, I'm a detective. detective. (laughs)
1: So we're going to transition uh, to the beauty parlor where uh, Sean's, raising a, Sean's raising a point to Corey where Topango is a natural beauty before. Now she's going to have assistance and they're not going to be able to look at her without burning their retinas. We get a, a yeah, visual it's, guess. It's, it's, we're being very shallow here.
0: Yeah, and it's feeding into Eric or Sean being right about people and his philosophies in the world, and it's just, gosh, I hate Sean's. I know it all. Let me be the one to tell you what's gonna be like, and yeah, uh, his,
1: and his his bit about what good looking people do. You know, she's gonna dump you. She's gonna go hang out with exclusively with good looking people. You know, it's what we do. Uh, you know, it, it's low-hanging fruit, funny, but at the same time, if you stop and you think about it, it's like it's it's actually kind of mean.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it, Sean is not realizing it, but he is completely just putting Corey down in this whole situation.
1: Yeah, because later on, he's going to talk to Topanga about. You know, I'm I'm going to jump ahead here for a moment, but he's going to tell Topanga, look. My friend, you know a pretty good looking guy in my opinion, but here he's lumping Cory in with someone who's you know down roast you know at, at the potato level when he's talking directly to him. Don't you mean a potato level potato so I mean he's he's kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth here. huh, what a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> but Corey's got his belief that the universe is going to work out. It's the haircut cycle of shame. You know, the universe knows they're supposed to be walking together hand and awkward hand. And then Topanga comes out and Corey says, this universe blows universe blows, <laughs> which is a great line. I love it. Uh-huh.
0: But I do love Sean's reaction of she's my best friend's girl. She's my best friend's girl. Oh, the heck with it. Marry me. A trailer oh. park. I, <laughs> I actually have no God. education, but my hair does this. <laughs> I actually clip that because I enjoy that. <laughs> oh, good, do it anyway.
1: Wasn't
2: somebody going to say something? She's my best friend's girl. She's my best friend's girl. <laughs> oh, the heck with that! Marry me. I live in a trailer park and I have no education, but my hair does this.
3: <laughs> Shut up, man! I'm going for it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I'm back.
0: Good. All right, Hang on. I want. I want the name of the guy who did this to you. You don't like it? No, no, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that I'm in love with this girl who was never interested in what she looked like before. And now I see makeup on your face and polish on your nails and toes and stop looking at her toes. They (laughs) sparkle. I want the name of the guy who did this to you.
1: My stylist name is Mr. Cellini. And Corey, it's just a haircut. It's just some makeup. It's not gonna
3: change me. Gotta go.
0: Well, where are you going?
3: This outfit with this hair, hello, bye-bye. I am so at the mall. Yeah,
0: so much from this. Time on Disney
1: Channel. Yes, it did. So much from this. Forty seconds was in that Disney Channel promo that played forever. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
0: But they sparkle. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and this goes back to season two. Every now and then. We'd hear about Daddy taking her to go shopping places and mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen calling and, you know, making clear that, you know, the Lawrences aren't as downpour hippies as they may want to appear to be. So mm-hmm. I think this person has always been a part of Topanga and she's just not sure of who she's supposed to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she it's is like there's confusion. Yes, uh, uh, like any normal teenager would have.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, the boys are going to meet Mr. Cellini. Dude.
0: Shut up, man. Go for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to meet Bosco, who's played by Dom Herrera. First and only time that we're going to see him on Boy Meets World. 57 credits on his resume, including Golden Girls. My two dads, Seinfeld, Lois and Clark, uh, The Big Lebowski, Home Improvement, Everybody Loves Raymond, The King of Queens, Hey Arnold, and more. And Bosco's Bosco's kind of fun. Uh, It starts Mm -hmm. out talking like this uh, Italian-cultured individual. I wept. The Venus de Milo comes in on a Tuesday and says, do with me what you will. Sean's not having it. And he decides to uh, drop the facade and starts talking like a Jersey mobster. Sweetie comes in, drops a C note, bada bing, bada bang, your girlfriend's a looker. And uh, so, yeah, Corey is dejected yeah. and leaves because there's nothing else he can do. Uh,
0: I do appreciate for Shaw that he's like, hey, man, we're just talking. Drop it. Like, don't try to play this <laughs> Sean it can see through us. it.
1: Sean's got good street smarts, he can see right through it. Oh, yeah. oh gosh
0: Um, (laughs) there's so much ridiculousness with this whole situation yeah (sighs) but
1: let's check out on Eric and his date with a townie because we're going to meet this young lady named Tammy uh, who's played by Dana Dari first and only appearance Mm -hmm. on Boy Meets World 46 acting credits on her resume starting with Step by Step Step
0: by step, day by day.
1: Baywatch, Seventh Heaven, Hannah Montana, Perception, Malignant, American Horror Story, Robot Chicken, The Neighborhood, and more. Nice. And uh, their conversation kind of starts off with, he's in in town because he didn't get into college. And, you know, neither did she. And, you know... He talks about he interned at the news station. You know, you know, people want experience. Well, he's, he's 18. He's lived. He's got life experience. And that's when Tammy reveals that she's got some life experience of her own. She's got a two-year-old. Between daycare and working double shifts at the Dairy Queen, she really doesn't have a lot of time for anything else. And Eric has his parents helping out. She doesn't. Yep, And it really starts to sink in just how fortunate Eric is. And that that, kind of hits him pretty hard on this date.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, here's a point that's going to be hard for you and I to talk about because we're two guys. But I noticed something about this date and about, um, I think, the way that they style her like they've styled Topanga this episode to be like she is now the bombshell of the show like officially you know she is now this beauty and this girl the way that they have her is almost kind of frumpy in a way like Mm -hmm. it's just this weird dichotomy in this episode and you know in my opinion she's a beautiful woman and I'm sure that if they actually spent more time of making sure she looked really nice she would have looked better but like it's just this weird thing they did this episode where they didn't give her anything to make her stand out on this date almost like she is a quote unquote lower status of date that he is going on Um, which is kind of just crappy in my opinion Uh, because again I think she's beautiful but I don't think it's anything to do with what they did for her being on the show. So I don't know. Does that make sense to you?
1: I, I think they made a, a conscious choice to go with more, more frazzled, less well prepared for the date, you know, kind of a real world, you know, I'm, I'm a mom, I'm a single mom working double shifts. I did you know, I don't have time to get, gussied up for the date and show up like that yeah fair yeah just to go to chubbies exactly chubbies (laughs) yeah i mean who's who's gonna get dolled up for chubbies
0: it's a rat hole (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah yeah, i think eric really starts to realize that his parents are supporting him a lot more than other people are getting supported Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah, there are other people. As much of a struggle that... as
0: it was for him to graduate, there's other people that had a much harder time getting there and didn't have as much help.
1: Yes. Yeah, and that, that gives them a lot to think about. And so we'll turn our attention to the next day at school in Mr. Turner's class after uh, breaking up the cluster at Topanga's desk. Oh, got a new haircut? Yeah. Uh,. They're going to start learning about a new book, Mr. Turner. (laughs) Some of us are here to learn (laughs) new book about John Merrick, the elephant man. Uh, Corey has hope as their situations sound very similar until he hears that Merrick died because his large bulbous head rolled back and he died. And uh, I love the question. When did he grow out of this death? (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Feeney comes in and reminds the class of upcoming picture day and Corey Hess's fantasy of the yearbook pictures. And did you ever, did you ever pause to see what the uh, the the quotes are underneath their pictures? No. Well, Topanga's is Queen of the Hotties. Mm. Sean's is Wait, Wait. There's enough for everybody. And Corey's. <laughs> Corey's is I'm a human being because Corey, of course has a bag over his head in the yearbook photo. He's imagining. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did notice that one. Yes. 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 That's the one they stop on. So we all do definitely see that one, but (laughs) shots. Wait, wait, there's enough for everybody. (laughs) Oh, but all this is enough for Corey to go find Bosco after school He's going to drop $75 for Bosco to work his magic. That's way too 70, much. Corey, Corey has $75 in walking around money.
0: Listen, Corey, especially this <laughs> season, has money out the wazoo, which doesn't make any sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Those chores he's must gonna be dare. paying off real good.
1: Especially just this soon, off of a cross country trip. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling a little bit of shenanigans on Corey's financial status. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, either way, he's going to drop $75 on a haircut and style. A little cappuccino All right, for I you boy. <laughs> All right.
0: I have a theory now. <laughs> what if grandma she can't ever see them now so she just constantly sends them like a hundred bucks like every month she's sending them out like hundreds of dollars because she's like we I haven't can't seen this see season one uh, yeah. yeah here's two hundred dollars you know have fun oh i heard you went on on the road here's four hundred dollars
2: yeah
0: uh, grandma I'll buy a person footing the bill why not i'll buy it sugar mama
1: i'll buy it <laughs> So uh, we'll transition back home. Eric's on the couch again, and this time Alan walks in. Yes,
0: nice much center. different interaction.
1: Yes, Eric is moping because he's been hit with the realization that everything he's doing, everything he's eating, everything he's—you know—he's sitting, he's watching the TV. It's all theirs. And uh, I'm a townie. I'm a townie. Yes. Alan's going to give him some tough luck to get off his butt <laughs> on. and go you find a job. You can't get past
0: this. He says, "He bought the cereal. He bought my clothes. You bought the cereal. <laughs> you bought the milk, which was white. <laughs> now it's chocolate. because <laughs> no, it's cocoa Puffs. <laughs> I was sitting here for nine hours. And then. Oh.
1: Get off your butt. And find a job.
0: (laughs) He does say, thank you, Daddy. Yes, he does.
1: (laughs) Nine hours.
2: Uh,
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah, But but tough love. He needs it. Yeah. I got to say, when I was on break from college and had nothing to do all day, I could see myself just sitting and just watching tv eating cocoa puffs all day long like if you don't have plans it makes sense what else are you gonna do you
1: know yeah i've given the opportunity i i i would have i didn't have much opportunity on breaks but on on those days where i had the opportunity to yeah sure Mm -hmm. it's easy to
0: yeah exactly
2: yeah
1: so I let's switch go back over. To the salon. Yes. <sighs> Actually, we're going to go to the bathroom first.
0: That's right.
1: Girl's bathroom. We're in the bathroom. Girl's bathroom. Topanga's gone in to primp. Sean comes out of the bathroom stall and talks to Topanga about how he misses the Topanga that used to be confident in herself. And we'll pick up with one last clip here.
2: I grew up with these two people. And uh, I guess they're my two best friends in the world.
1: Anybody I know?
2: Did I understand it? One of them, who in my opinion is a good looking guy, is going through a shaky time right now. Where is Corey? That's not as important as where you are, Topanga. And all the time that I've known you, I can't remember you ever looking in the mirror. You had this confidence in yourself and I really liked that about you.
3: Come on, Sean. Everybody in high school has a mirror in their locker and checks each other out and only cares about how they look.
2: But up until a couple days ago, you never did. Your world got completely rocked when you hacked your hair off and saw that for two seconds, you can actually look a little less than perfect.
0: This isn't me, is
2: it, Sean? Oh, not the Topanga I know. But, obviously, we're all at that age where we're going through changes. Well, and
1: Sean makes some good points.
0: Yeah. Now, I'd argue... That she could have whatever hairstyle she wants. She can throw on whatever makeup she wants. The Mm -hmm. problem is, is her staring at the mirror. Her fixating on trying to make herself look perfect. Like, Mm -hmm. that, I think, is the real problem. Is that she is so focused on parting her hair the right way, the way everyone else does. Because she's not like everyone else. So, I think that's what he's trying to get at for her
1: exactly yeah there's nothing wrong with the haircut there's the style and everything else but as mm-hmm. she said it everyone else, everyone has the mirror in their locker and, and looks at each other and, and it's, it's the focus it's how much time yep. is being spent on it and how much attention is being given to it and right. she's so focused on it she doesn't even know where her boyfriend is
0: right well and you know they make the point earlier on in the episode that Sean looks better when Corey tries to mess his hair up. (laughs) Like it looks good. Even when you're not trying to like, there's, there's a point of, and I think that's the thing we were talking about before this generation of the less you're worried about what it looks like, the more you're just you, the more you can just be. And there's a lot Mm -hmm. of wisdom to that. Yeah. So, Topanga wets her yep. so hair t- because that's the best she way does, to fix it all. She soaks
1: her hair. She whaps Sean in the face with it and runs out to the beauty parlor, which, by the way, this is happening. Corey's at the beauty parlor during school hours. He must have an you know off, it is. Off, off-campus lunch where, you know, you can go out to the uh, frozen yogurt and some occult. You can go out to the beauty parlor. Topanga runs Unless... to stop Bosco's work
0: <laughs> Is this the end of school and Topanga doesn't realize that the school day is over, Brent? Is that what's going on?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, that's possible She is a little fixated on her appearance It's possible yeah. <laughs> I don't know uh, She tries to stop Bosco's work but he's already finished He turns Bosco's around because it is his masterpiece Everything else before it was Drek
0: But he didn't do jack squat to Corey. (laughs) No, it's exactly as it was.
1: Not a hair out of place. He didn't do anything to Corey. $75. Mm. He handed him a cappuccino and pretended to run the clippers over his hair. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say, unless he actually took some time to help him to understand how to take care of his hair, that could be mm-hmm. part of it, giving him more knowledge about that. I could accept that, like, hey, if you use this product, this will help you, you know, mm-hmm. feel more confident, you know, yada yada. So, because as, as time progresses, Corey does fit more into his hair and Especially when he's older, spoiler alert, his hair is longer, it doesn't look as crazy, so that helps. So, mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's possible he did. Knowing Bosco and the way he operated the first boom. time around, probably not, but... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Topanga is the wet rodent. What did you do to my work? But uh, Topanga is... Like she's falling in love again. She sees Corey as beautiful. He sees her as beautiful, even though she's a wet rodent. And they're both as beautiful as they always were. And the music plays and everything swells. And we're all done with that part of the story. All right. So we have a very special guest in studio with
0: us. Yes, we do. Special guest, you want to introduce yourself?
3: Oh, uh, hi, I'm back again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, would you like to Who is back yourself? again? <laughs> yes, it's been a while since we've had you in studio. Yeah. Who are you?
3: As, hi, I'm Abby. How nice to see you. Well, not see you. But...
0: <laughs> yes, they. Can I mean, your face is actually here out. this time.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back. It's been a while. So we didn't have you at all in season three.
0: No. No, but we did. We, no, oh, right. we had her for. Oh, sorry. We're season two, not season three. You're right.
1: Yes, not at all in season three. But starting off season four uh, in in a good way, and uh, yeah. Tyler uh, kind of caught you on the fly, just as we uh, yes yawned for the camera, <laughs> as just as you're coming off your your third shift of brand new job, so. Thunderous yes. applause. Okay.
0: Yay!
1: Um, but since tonight's, uh, this week's episode is about haircuts and everything, Tyler wanted to pose uh, a few questions to you specifically as a teenager, as someone with uh, experience with haircuts. So Tyler,
0: why don't you take it away? Yes. Yeah, so this all started because I asked my beautiful bride, hey, have you ever had a life-changing experience with a haircut? And she said, yeah, I was really upset and cried about them. Um, and so I was like, well, okay, but if you had, like, a good experience? Like, yeah, I have good experience. Like, is it one where, like, you're, you feel like you finally have become yourself? And she went, no. So I went, okay. She goes, I have had good haircuts. I said, okay, fair, fair. So I was like, ooh, I know. I'll call your wife because <laughs> I figured you weren't home Yes, so I was like, "Ah, oh, I'll talk to her for a second. So I asked her the same question. Have you ever had a life changing haircut? She went, Yeah. I went, One where you like, your whole identity was like revealed to yourself? She went, No. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, Ha, 0 for 2 so far. And then all of a sudden you guys walked through the door and I went, Ooh, ask Brett to ask Abby. (laughs) She's like, Abby, Tyler has a question for you. So the question was, and now I'll pose it to you in the present tense, uh, Abby. Have you ever had a haircut that kind of just, you know, changed your life and just kind of helped you embrace who you are?
3: Yes, I have. How so? <laughs> okay, so for some reason, my, pretty much my entire life, I was really stubborn about my really long hair and would not cut it, even though I did not take care of it. Uh, I hated it but was stubborn for some reason I don't know why so I eventually cut it down to my shoulders which was already good and then I completely cut it like short short and it was great everything was freeing it was amazing I was like man I've been missing out all these years (laughs) so yeah I've been more confident lately all that fun stuff
0: Good. So do you feel like um, sometimes you just have to embrace whatever the haircut is that kind of helps you feel the most like you that's already there? Or do you think it's just a matter of a burden that's kind of been taken off of you because you finally have a life you can take care of consistently and thus able to relax more?
3: hmm probably a little Sorry. more of the probably a little more of the first but mm-hmm. the second definitely plays a part as well okay
0: um I don't know how far down this rabbit hole we want to go but I guess I'll ask the question because <laughs> it's something I've been thinking about for a while and if we want to cut this we'll cut it because You know, your dad is the one that's in charge of the editing, so he decides what goes (laughs) in the episode. So do you feel like uh, maybe not what was pressed upon you by your parents, but on a societal basis of what girls' hair should look like as you get older, that they should be long and they should be all sorts of pretty, and you should do all sorts of decorating with your hair, and if you're not doing that, then you're not, you know, there's something wrong with you. Do you think that may have... Part of it of a little confusion for you as you got older.
3: Yeah, that's probably why, probably the real reason, but eventually I said, screw it and just did it.
0: (laughs) (gasps) Brett, are you going to let your child say, screw it on our (laughs) podcast?
1: Well, it still falls under the TV PG rating. So sure.
0: (laughs) That's very true. It is under the PG. Um, yeah. okay, so you've watched this episode correct this isn't just because I brought you on here you have seen this episode before, right?
3: Well, yeah, a million times because I <laughs> like the B plot more
0: <laughs> Okay, so do I we'll, t- we'll get into that in just a second but when when you see Corey who has not changed his haircut at all, he looks exactly the same like for you as a teenager are you do you kind of feel like sometimes you just need a validation of Yes, you look good in your hair, regardless of what anyone else says. Like there's just like a certain person you need to hear it from. Mm,
3: I don't think so. I never really think about it.
0: Okay. I'm just curious. Like because the whole time Corey's going, "I'm a potato." <laughs> and his siblings, the key word is the siblings, are giving him a hard time. and he carries it through the episode until finally he, Feels beautiful for some reason because he's in a salon. (laughs) So I don't know from a teenager perspective if you had more to add to that. Do
1: you have any friends who might relate more to Corey that you know of that need a little more encouragement in their, their outward appearance? Is that something that you see in the high school?
3: Not really. No. Oh, I mean, maybe
0: your generation were, is more confident yeah. than us.
3: Yeah, when when half the kids wear pajamas to school, you don't really see it that often.
0: <laughs> Sadly, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk about this B-plot real quick, because, uh, Abby, did you know where the ringtone came from whenever I call your dad?
3: Not originally, but... A few years ago I eventually figured it out. <laughs>
0: <Nice>. <laughs> like when we started the podcast? Mm,
3: probably around there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. So well, I, I always forget it's this episode, so go ahead, Brett.
1: Yeah, we were just talking about it on off off mic uh, before we started, and you were thinking it was later on in the season yeah. that this B plot comes in. So, your favorite oh. your favorite part of the B plot? Drop it out right here. What's your favorite part of Eric trying to get this good looking detective agency started up?
3: Oh, the dream sequence, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: Now, as someone who is now gainfully employed, do you think that Eric can successfully find a job after dark in his bathrobe?
3: Honestly, back when it takes place, probably. Nowadays, no. But in like the <laughs> 80s, probably. Didn't you just like 80s. go up to... 80s, 90s, wrong, wrong <laughs> decade. Um decade anyways yeah couldn't you i know like i i don't know if it was older than the 90s but i do know at one point you could literally just go up to like a fast food restaurant and be like are you hiring they'll be like yes then they hire you (laughs) (laughs) something like that it was easy i know (laughs) now it's very hard
1: (laughs) the process was different so it is, it is conceivable that he would have an easier time then
0: than he would now.
3: Yeah, if it was today, definitely not.
0: <laughs> now, I guess I will ask this. Um, Abby, if you had the opportunity, say, to work for your father, if your father was a manager, say, of a grocery store, and you work for him, is there any reason you would leave that job at any point? Like, because you know you are working for your dad?
3: I mean like eventually when I like move away and stuff and actually start my life, but in high school i again I've no reason to leave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Well we've we talked very openly, Brad and I about it kind of just drops the fact that Eric worked for Alan at the store and now that he is graduated high school, doesn't have a job, he doesn't just go work for his dad at the store. <laughs> Mm-hmm. we're kind of like why is this the case
1: the market giant's not hiring
0: <laughs> yeah apparently uh some well i guess now that you're a worker i'll also ask you uh for any high schooler thinking about going into work while being in school uh what would you recommend for them to do uh,
3: definitely balance. Like, I know when I went in for my interview and I was asked uh, my availability, uh, my interviewer was very happy to hear that I said I'd probably only be working three or four days a week because she said she has so many uh, high schoolers that come in and say they're going to work six days a week because Chick-fil-A is only not open on Sundays. So not seven, but six days a week. And she's like, that is not going to be possible with homework in school so definitely make sure everything's balanced when you do get hired and not just send yourself into a pit of despair <laughs> nice
0: good very good that's good advice so i think we can uh let you go to bed now since you worked hard you worked a half shift so we know you're exhausted
2: mm-hmm
0: Actually, I have no idea how long you work, but that's what Eric did one time. Work a half shift,
1: and he was is, exhausted. It, it so. was a it was about a six-hour shift, so
3: six and a half.
1: Ooh, that's a, half. that's a good shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. six and a half-hour shift. So nice. Yeah. All right. So, well, again, thank you. Terrific. Thank you so much.
2: Yes.
3: Yes.
1: And you. Thanks may for popping up, on, our teenager star in there. Yes. Go rest and relax, and uh, we'll probably have you on again.
3: Okie dokie. All right. Okay. Bye
1: bye. Then we get the tag where Eric comes into the house in a tuxedo. He's found a job, and he wants to show it. He has to show them on the TV, though. And it's this just absolutely out there TV ep- uh, series theme sequence where it's <laughs> Eric Matthews, good looking guy, <laughs>
3: where he's just on a blue Bad screen. Bad CGI. With a bunch
1: of- <laughs> On a blue screen with a bunch of different uh, situations where he's running around with his gun with a silencer until he gets woken up from his dream state on the couch and uh, is told he needs to go find a job again. Yeah. What kind of job could I possibly get in my bathrobe at night? And that's how <laughs> the episode ends.
0: say <laughs> hey, so you didn't uh, clip any of that, uh, the song, did you?
1: I did not clip that version of the song, no.
0: That's alright. I've always Grant preferred breaks light, all the cute girl show. Get the good looking guy.
1: I've always preferred his off the cuff version.
0: I, I don't I don't yeah. like
1: the produced version as much.
0: That's fair. <laughs> Eric But that's our mommy. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Mummy? That is our episode. Gosh. i we need to make a rule of the the storylines from now on of what grade we give the storylines. Because <laughs> there's a huge difference from A to B of the the grade I want to give. So
1: There is, uh, yes.
0: We'll get to that after deep dives.
1: Yeah. Alright, so let's get into some deep dives.
3: People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list?
0: All right, let's start off with Cocoa Puffs, Brett. We mentioned Cocoa Puffs quite a bit, so let's talk about them. Uh, cocoa Puffs introduced in 1956. Uh, the cereal consisted of small orbs of corn and rice flavored with cocoa, Cocoa Puffs has the same shape as Kix and Trick Cereal. Uh, Cocoa Puffs are sold in Canada, Latin America, and Europe under the Netsquick brand via the Cereal Parents uh, Worldwide Agreement between Nestle's and General Mills. Uh, Yeah, let's go. Mr. Potato Head, because he was introduced at one point. I didn't say Mr. Potato Head, but it was a Mr. Potato Head doll. So um, Mm it was invented and manufactured uh, by George Lerner in 1949. First appearance or first distributed by Hasbro in 1952. It was the first toy advertised on television uh, and has remained in production since. Uh, the Miss Potato Head, for those who don't know, uh, Potato Head comes with a bunch of stuff you can mix and match. We're going to skip the original things that I looked up, Brett, because I didn't notice this before, but uh, a name popped up while we were going through this, this season this episode and uh and that would be quinn martin um quinn martin is a producer um uh, born may 22nd in 1922 passed away uh september 5th a or 87 uh, was an american television producer uh has one of had at least one television series running in prime time every year over 21 years straight from 1959 to 1980 um so he has produced uh shows such as uh the new breed the fugitive 12 o'clock high the fbi the invaders uh dan august Cannon, uh the streets of san francisco the manhunter uh, most wanted the runaways a man called sloan so um i'm assuming since they, they they named that uh person that he was on a show where they had a lot of his his uh a lot, sorry, He went to a channel where a lot of his shows Are being kind of run back to back um, And so it's Probably the the shows that were Inspiring Eric's uh, desire To go into the crime solving Business so uh, I'm not sure which of those shows he is uh, Referring to when he says you solve that Crime you fat fat man but I'm sure it's one of them uh, Let's see uh, another name that popped up was Ken Griffey Jr. For those that don't know, Ken Griffey Jr. is a famous baseball player in the 90s. Uh, primarily played for the Cincinnati, or Cincinnati, uh, the Seattle Manors, uh, where he f- became famous, but he also played for the Cincinnati Reds later on. Um, also had a short stint with the uh, White Sox. Don't remember that. Um, He's a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame, first ballot, uh, Sorry, uh, it didn't say when he was inducted to the Hall of Fame, but he was a first, the first overall pick in the 1986 draft, uh, 13 all star appearances. Uh, he is a big part of the uh, home run derby. Uh, He's also apparently won 10 gold gloves. Interesting. Um, I do know that when the uh, in 1997, when the home run derby race was going on uh, between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, initially the competition was supposed to be between Ken Griffey and uh, Mark McGuire, but Ken Griffey Jr. ran out of steam earlier on in the season. Still hit a, quite a minute of home runs. Actually, let me see if I can pull that up real quick. Uh, 1997... Home runs. Home runs. Yeah, so still hit 56 home runs that season, which is no small feat. Um, It's only five away from tying the record that was established beforehand. So a really good season for him, but he uh, was not able to get as high up as uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire did. There's a really good uh, documentary about that. I highly recommend it. Um, So yeah, uh, very good baseball career. uh, And he's one of the few players who uh, got to play with their parent. Uh, His father, Ken Griffey senior also played for the uh, Mariners. So the two of them got to play together. So, well, that was a really cool thing uh, now another person that was mentioned was Jenny McCartney um, she is a for lack of better wording she's a reality TV star slash actress uh, right now she is famous on uh, The Mass Singer she's been in plenty of movies over the years uh, John Tucker Must Die Scream 3 um, she's done talk shows like The View and The Jenny McCartney Show. So, at this time, um, she was not into those industries, if that makes sense. And I don't want to talk about anything further. So, <laughs> we're just going to say that, um, she was a pretty lady at the time that Eric was interested in. So, yeah, let's leave it at that for right now. Um, So, yeah, the last thing let's talk about, Brett, is the Elephant Man, Uh, Joseph Carey Merrick, uh, born August 5th, uh, 1862, and passed away April 11th, uh, 1890, Uh, was uh, was an Englishman known uh, for his severe physical deformity. he was first exhibited at a freak show on the stage named The Elephant Man, and then went live at a London hospital after meeting Sir Frederick Trives, Treves, uh, sequentially being uh, well-known in London uh, society. Uh, trying to see I found this uh, later on like while we were recording so I wasn't sure if it showed anything about the actual book that came out but um, I guess the thing I'll say about this man because I don't have much on it is he had he was a real person he was deformed and at the time Uh, people were not kind to those type of people and took advantage of him and probably made money off of him and probably did experiments on him that were not kind to him and did not live a great life. So, Mm -hmm. um, not a great reason to be famous because you can't control the way that you were born. And I don't think he would have asked to be born the way that he was. So. Anyway, I don't think that Corey is a good comparison to uh, the Elephant Man, uh, as much as uh, as as much as we're trying to go back to season two of the book relating to Corey in some way, um, and how Corey yeah. likes to teach of every book relates back to them. But no, I don't think the Elephant Man is a good representation of what Corey was going through at the time. I'm sorry, Corey. No. Um, Swing and a miss. Yeah. So, and there's so many uh, cop shows that we could have gotten stuck on, Brett. Um, but I guess I'll end with this, and that is about curly hair, because why not? Uh, so, some tips that I found off of, what's this website? Holy Curls. So... Some rules for taking care of your hair, your curly hair, is uh, don't brush your hair before washing. Uh, Water is your best friend. Uh, If you can, make it a cold shower. Keep up the conditioning. Follow up with your favorite oils. Avoid using rough towels to dry your hair. And don't touch your curls. Uh, While they're drying. Now, the reason I bring this up, Brett, and something that you and I have uh, discussed before is Corey and his obsession with wool and how it makes him feel. I'm wondering if when the wool touches his head, touches his hair in particular, if it kind of gives him like the heebie-jeebies from the way that it, it... Because it's a rough material, so if it kind of goes on his head, he doesn't fully understand emotionally what he's feeling, but he knows that it doesn't make him feel right because of it messing up his hair. So uh, I'm thinking this is part of the reason why that wool is such a (laughs) big factor. Could be it is. (laughs) <laughs> His obsession. I know it was not, it was a while ago, it was a while back that he really was obsessed with it. But I remember us talking like, gosh, he is like so worried about Wall. <laughs> yes. So it makes sense now. Yep. yep. You know? And those, Brett, would be your deep dives. Alright. Well, let's talk about
1: uh, what we learned.
0: You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture?
1: So Tyler, what did you learn this week?
0: Well, Brett, uh, after listening to our special guest uh, before this, uh, I gotta say that I learned that, you know, teenagers today aren't as worried about their appearance. And that's encouraging to me. Um, There's other things that they're worried about, much more concerned about. But I like that our society, uh, at least uh, with this generation, they're trying to get away from having to look prim and perfect all the time and it helps because a lot of their parents uh have tattoos and other things that previous generations would say those are taboo and you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that and this new generation has been raised to go stop judging people by their appearance and judge them by their character and you know this generation wants to judge people by their character and people go stop judging people by their character it's not fair (laughs) because you have bad character. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, this, it's, it's encouraging of this generation. And we don't often hear encouraging words about this generation. So I'm encouraged by them. What did you learn, Brett?
1: Uh, I'm going to take my learning from the B-plot, uh, where <laughs> we were really reminded that uh, there's a time where we need to be firm and and show tough love yep i mean alan alan had about 10 seconds of screen time and he showed what we need to see it was effective yeah i mean amy amy encouraged eric and got him off the couch which was good it got him off the couch got him out into doing something and he encountered something that rocked him and he needed off the couch again and he needed some tough love. He needed someone to just come in and force him to move. And sometimes twice. sometimes our kids will need that. Yes. Twice. Yep. <laughs> sometimes our kids are gonna need that. And so Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about our grade. I'm right. No, you're exactly
2: right. So am I done with my education? Can I go?
1: Tyler, let's talk about our grades because uh, yeah, we got two <laughs> two very clearly different storylines here. Um, yeah. So we got to give an overall grade, but let's I talk agree about with that. How, how how
0: each <sighs> each storyline affects that. <laughs> so, in my opinion, Brett, this okay? So the the Quote unquote, a storyline of the Kolkori and Topanga and the haircut. I'd give it like a C, C, let's go with C. Plus. Um, cause, uh, you know, it is something for teenagers at that time to be dealing with about their image and how they look, and, you know, are they a little more, um, Stuck up than what they may realize, and is to paint a little more into herself and um, all that jazz. So it's it's a good thing to consider. I think Corey's kind of slight depression over his hair is a little over the top. It's a little more dramatic than what I want from him. Um, and Sean is either super helpful or super at the worst, and there's no in between with him this episode. So. I'd say it's a bare bone, basic average right down the middle. C I'll give uh, I'm only doing C plus because of the, the Topanga transformation of her becoming more of herself. This episode at the end, excuse me. And then also the fact that, uh, Uh, Daniel Fisher finally got to have a different hairstyle other than to her butt crack. Um, (laughs) I know that made her happy. So she gets to do more with her hair. So that's a good thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But the Eric storyline is an a plus. It's one of my favorite storylines and I can watch those clips over and over consistently throughout the rest of my life. And if I could edit down and just have the few minutes of just Eric, I would say this is the perfect episode. (laughs) Um, so yeah, uh, so to put them both together, what are we looking at, like a B, straight up B, I think that sounds right. Yeah, let's call it a B episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good episode, it's, it's. <laughs> I would watch it again, of course, but I mostly want to watch the Eric stuff again, and we have more <laughs> of a sentimental uh, relationship yeah. to this episode, so... That's probably giving it a little more than it should, but it, it works. It's a B.
1: Yeah, I I am pretty close to you on on both of those. I, I give the A plot uh, a little bit lower. I give it a C. Um, I'm a little I'm a little harsher on Sean there, just because he's he's kind of playing both sides of the field. there talking about both sides of the mouth. I, I really don't like that he was saying one thing to Corey's face and then a completely different thing to Topanga at the same time, at that little Damn. too much pot stirring for me. It's um, not great. Yeah. Uh, that, that was just one thing that kind of knocks it down a half, half step there. Um, but I'm right there with you on, on Eric's stuff. It's, it's some of the most fun stuff we've got for him. So it's, I mean, it's, it's not, it's Eric being Eric. He is mm-hmm. at a very relatable point in his life. He is very directionless. He is goofy, but within a real-world uh, understanding of being goofy, he's not uh, season seven goofy, Eric. He's mm-hmm. and and he gets. Some real meat to play with on his date, where we get to see a real reflective side of him. So I, yeah. I give that half an A plus. Um, let's see, an A plus and a C. Yeah, I, I think a B probably sounds about right for those groupings. So I'll give it a B.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I think what's interesting too, Brett, is because of the fact of our conversation of. This is less of an issue for this generation. I think that's also what downgrades this episode. It is. Um, it's just
1: not as evergreen as a lot of other topics are.
0: hmm Yep. I agree. And we didn't get a whole lot of Feeny this episode, so.
1: Yeah, we got what two drive-by Feenings, three if you count you know. taking away Corey's pipe
0: it's true but honestly this may be the reason why they shift away from having Turner and Feeney so that way they have one solid relationship with the teacher instead of two mm. kind of fractured relationships so well
1: their whole friends experiment with uh, Turner and Eli both didn't work out so
0: yep. there's plenty for more for us to talk about especially as we get to next week's episode though Brett so oh yes uh I guess my only question left is, do you have a dad joke for me? Well, I got two for you. Ooh, two.
1: Yeah. So what do you call a snake that works for the government?
0: A politician. <laughs> I got A, a, s- a civil serpent.
1: <laughs> and what do you call a one-legged hippo?
0: Andy (laughs) Reid. I don't know. That was harsh. A (laughs) popo. Oh golly gee.
1: Oh. Well, that's it for us, good-looking people. I thought we were going to go out on a little higher note than making fun of Andy (laughs) Reid.
0: I'm tired, man. I'm. I'm done. You can, uh, <laughs> you can,
1: if you're a Chiefs fan, you can hurl all of your insults at Tyler through email at DadsMeetWorld at yeah. Geneva, Geneva at gmail.com. Geneva, <laughs> yeah, bring or it on. Can Patch sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you can reach us on social media across Facebook, Twitter slash X, TikTok, Instagram at Dad's World. And if you like any of our Dazme World artwork, we are refreshing for season four. You can check it out at World, uh, slash threadless.com. Yeah. Well, Tyler, that's all I got for this week. Looking forward to next week. That's...
0: Me too. And I'm looking forward to the Chiefs getting a horrible draft pick and falling into the abyss of the NFL. <laughs> Hey, how about three Super Bowls with no holding calls? That's not suspicious. A wink. That is a little bit suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bring it at. Come at me, Chiefs fans. You scared?
1: In the, in the parlance of today's youth, well, yesterday's youth, come at me, bro. Yeah. Come at me, bro. Uh, What's up? What's <laughs> up? Well, until next time, good-looking. And now you all know where your name comes from, good-looking people. I'll see yeah,
3: go. good-looking people.
0: <laughs> you good-looking. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid?
1: Dazme World is a production of Headfirst Studios. Head first Studios, tell your story.